What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Hard Guy Media. We got a full full house to celebrate five years of podcasting. Part one, we're covering body bags, anthology horror. Second part is going to be creep show, but we got a very special guest, returning guest, third time. You, you, you remember him uh, in our first year, so only naturally we bring him back in the fifth when we uh, had a conversation at a convention. And uh, then he came back on for Lost Boys Legacy Week, and we chatted about that. And now here we are once again to talk about you guys. We got Dan Turr from Inked Up Merchandise. Dan, <laughs> what is up? What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, now, when uh, I told you, we, I was like, when we came to, through Monster Mania, uh, we said, and of course, my esteemed co-host of course yeah 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 yes. et et of course has been the only one that's been consistent in being my co-host brian and sean fucking no gare uh but sean's here too hey, um, hey. but uh but yeah five years here we are when we were um shooting the shit at monster mania i was like dude we gotta we you gotta come back on and I drop body bags. You're like, I'm in for body bags. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk this and uh, yeah, we're a little, we're for all pretty fresh on it, at least uh, for the most part. And all right, gentlemen, what was the first one? Did you, Dan, when was the first time you saw body bags? Well, obviously it was like, it was, it would never hit theaters. Right. It was just, it was just a, a, t- a showtime showtime TV movie. You know, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely saw it. I think I might have saw it the, the year it came out, 93. And, but I, you know, the, the question is, is how I, I saw it. Because my parents definitely had basic cables. So we didn't have Showtime. So I must have been at, like, a friend's house or something. I don't know. And, and, and I, the 90s is when I started really uh, revving up, like, uh, the horror world, in the horror world so I, I you know i think i just came maybe in the middle of it or just the beginning and so yeah it was definitely the 90s definitely yeah. the 90s showtime I so I, i've definitely talked about it before that like my parents we didn't have a lot but for some reason my parents were such like movie people that we always had hbo we always had showtime in hindsight now it's weird because those were premium channels back then. And I mean, you, you know what I mean? You were, you were paying to get those extra channels. And yeah, I, wow. and I think about it now, cause I grew up in like a little shack in like a rural area more or less. And so that's, what's interesting to me is that, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot, but we always had those channels and it was just cause my parents were just such uh, like freak genre freaks really like they couldn't tell you like a lot of the ins and outs like we can because we haven't really had much of a life outside of the genre uh you know as far as like it's what we're honed in on they weren't honed in on it they couldn't tell you like a million different things but they could be like oh that's that's uh lance hendrickson he was in Pumpkinhead, and you know they surface surface level stuff probably more than the average person but same with me dude like i probably i i won't like five i probably at, at some point it was it was definitely my first carpenter film too my first introduction oh, to did, like yeah. knowing carpenter or anything um because i didn't see halloween probably until like 
not long after this, but I was like a just a little little kid, like mid nineties. I definitely remember like mid nineties, um, and I remember catching it and just being creeped out and by the hair one, the hair segment. Same here. That that was like that because the other two, like honestly, I don't even remember really watching those. I always felt like I saw the morgue parts with carp and the hair thing and that was the only thing that i remembered for years and years and years until i went to a family video in 2009 and i remember the i remembered the movie at that point but i hadn't seen it in so long and it was at a family video in 2009 one of the lone family videos in upstate new york and auburn and i was just like holy shit they have body bags to rent and i rented body bags from family video and that would be the that was the first time i'd seen it since the 90s so it was so fun to like revisit it, but yeah, it's like burned in my brain and like just knowing what John Carpenter like looked like at that point. I mean, is he, I mean, he didn't really look too far off from, from what uh, his more character. Was. Yeah. Oh man. No disrespect. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Carp's Carp's a king. We know this, but what about you guys? When did you guys first see body bags? Yeah. Uh, mine is like a little bit opposite to yours. Obviously. Like I know I'd say this on every episode, but like, uh, you know, you're in your formative years and you discover, you know, well, maybe I watched Halloween first. That was my first Carpenter movie, obviously, but just discovering everything after. This was one of my later ones for him, though. Uh, I actually think the first time uh, I watched it was BT. My brother got the, the, the bootleg. He got a bootleg DVD, like a burned copy of it. And that's the first time I watched it. So yeah. it was like, you know, I was like, I guess like mid teenage, mid teen years, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that was the first time I was introduced to it. But like, I knew obviously the other Carpenter classics, you know, but this was later for me instead of like, like I said, with you being your first. I think that's. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any. Like, I, I would never try to like, because I, I was on uh, my friend Max's podcast and we were talking about the thing. And I wasn't like, I would never try to be like, well, yeah, I, I was born with a Michael Myers mask on. <laughs> like, uh, like, <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to be a cool guy. Like it was definitely from what I can definitely remember. It was 100% because I didn't even see, I definitely saw like Halloween two, four and five before I saw the original Halloween. Cause wow. I, I was a late bloomer on the Halloween stuff. I was like full board, Jason Voorhees, the original Friday the 13th, the original nightmare on Elm street. And I liked and like, kind of like was into like the Michael Myers stuff, but I didn't get into like, Okay, the first one's legit a bona fide classic until like my early teen years. Right, right. Um, what about you, Sean? It was the first time you saw body bags? I'm in the same boat with Eric. <clears throat> I didn't get to see until BT bought that bootleg copy. Yeah, the bootleg. The Dan, you can attest to this. I, obviously, being a con goer, the bootleg copies of stuff that you couldn't get your hands on a legit DVD copy were so like crucial for like the longest time before oh, Scream Factory was re putting right. stuff out that never saw the light of day. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I remember. I remember getting um, the uh, Freddy's Nightmares series um, at, a chi- at a Chiller Con, and uh, ugh, I, I, you know, I've been dying for that se- to own that series. And oh man, it, it was great to have it. And then I pressed play, and I was like, "This, <laughs> this is the worst. The, worst <laughs> the quality was bad." Right. I mean. You know, then you get to the quality of the show. It's not yeah. that big deal, but it was like it was so unwatchable. Like I just tried to 
stick with it for like a couple episodes and my eyes i think my vision was getting worse <laughs> as, I, as i watched it but yeah yeah like it's so crazy because that's that's not really that long ago yeah when you think about it, no no it's really not that long ago it's like thank god for these these uh boutiques like uh shout factory and arrow yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you forget about it, shit, but like before, you know what I mean? Like Screen Factory's put out so much stuff well, now. You like, th- dude, I'm telling you right now, like, because initially the release of body bags on DVD was done by Artisan. Artisan is traditionally known for being pan and scan, so they take uh, they take a you know a fit to screen movie and stretch it out on the thing, so you're getting it cut off. The resolution's terrible, and Artisan did that with like. I don't know, with uh, like Fright Night 2, right. same thing. And they were rare DVDs to find. So you either paid $80 on eBay for the shit artisan pan and scan, or you got right. someone's VHS bootleg of Body Bags or Fright Night 2. And now we have a Blu-ray version. Right. I forgot about Fright Night 2. But yeah, I remember, I remember like, <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, I think you just told me the backstory for the first time. I didn't, I remember like, I don't know, I was certain, like, shopping on amazon or something like that and i was like fright night 2 dvd was yeah like you said like 100 bucks i was like what yeah what the fuck you know <laughs> it was like the same thing with um uh, what was it maximum overdrive yeah oh for yeah. years with maximum oh my god it's crazy there's something there's something nostalgic about those uh, bootleg copies you watch stuff. absolutely like there's so many movies i saw for the first time with just like a bootleg yeah copy yeah yeah that, that's like you said like it's the nostalgia. I still have the Freddy's Nightmares bootleg. Yeah. <laughs> I can buy, and I can now buy, like, I don't know, who, who did put it, ended up putting out, like, an did they put it out? Did someone legit put it I out? Honestly, I know yeah. they did the, I know they did the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know who put out that. Yeah, someone did. It, it, again, not that long ago, but I think both that and the, the, the Friday the 13th series are both, like, officially released now. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, not, not that awesome because the shows both were pretty lackluster but you know exactly. cool actually you know man. what um i won't no i know for a fact that uh freddy's nightmares is actually on tubi currently oh, oh nice. i i know that i actually know that just because i had never messed with tubi and i texted these guys earlier this week and i was just like yo tubi's got a decent selection for right. being a- oh you're just getting on tubi now yeah, dude. Oh, I'm so. What's funny is B- BT's been talking about. He yeah. always mentioned Tubi, and I always just wrote it. Yeah, off. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Same, like the same thing. I am so stoked for you, Jesse. Like seriously, <laughs> Tubi has taken. Yeah, they're giving Shutter a run for their money, man. I, I said that to these guys. I go honestly for Tubi being a free service, you could get rid of Shutter, and you could still get your fill pretty good. Yeah, no, and, and I love me some Shutter. You know, like yeah, absolutely. Right. But but still, man, they are just and now with the Halloween season, I just saw they're pushing. Uh, um, I, I was on my Roku box, I think yesterday or the day before, and like, sure enough, Tubi, you know, horror season, horror twenty four seven. Like they they know they found their audience. And, and streaming for me, I mean, before we we dive into the movie, but um, streaming for me is all about convenience. Like I don't have like I I have a Roku in my bedroom. I obviously have players out in my living room and down here in the little compound, but I don't have a player in my room just because I'm usually not going to be like, okay, let me pop in the third disc of some season or something. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to just stream. It's just easier. Yeah. Um, it's like with stuff you even own too. Like I like have, that. I have like, I have the Blu-ray and DVD copies of Pumpkinhead 
But like Pumpkinhead was on Tubi, I was like, "Huh, I'm watching it on Tubi on yeah. uh, in bed." Right. I did the same thing with Prince of Darkness just recently. I'm like, I, you know, it's so much easier to just throw it on instead of going grab it. And you're like, "Yo, I just spent like twenty five dollars on the shop." <laughs> exactly. But that's you know that's for people like us with the extras. Yeah. That's what makes it worth the get. We're twisted, we're, we're, no. we're talking about we're twisted souls. We need to own. Yeah, it's a it's a sickness. I need it's the physical sickness. copy, but yeah, yeah. I guess there's, there's worse sicknesses to have. Yeah. Yes. So this is an anthology horror movie. We're celebrating five years of the podcast. Now I think we did. It's crazy. We haven't even fucking. We've talked about it a million times. I mean. All of us have when you've been on uh, as these guys have been on a million times and Eric's been on more than anybody. But uh, we've talked Romero. We've talked Toby. We've talked Wes. We've talked Carpenter. They're the four kings of horror. They gave us so much. This is interesting to get a, a horror anthology in the early 90s, especially off the tales of a couple a couple different legendary horror anthologies in Creepshow in 1982 but then also, we got like two evil eyes. Yeah, two evil eyes. A few years later, a few years later, and then um, Tales from the Dark Side, too. Right. And then you get this. So the anthology horror thing was definitely popping, and this seemed like their answer to George's because George obviously had his hands in three of them. Right. And then I don't know if Toby and Carp are just like, let's get West to cameo on this, and we're gonna do a fucking horror anthology, yeah. but. Um, I mean, you obviously get Toby and John Carpenter in this. It you're you're due for fun. Like at the, it, it felt like throwback Twilight Zone ish, like fun in a sense. And I, th- it was such a a pro. Like I think back to it, and I remember like just chilling on my parents' bed, eating like Reese's peanut butter cups, <laughs> and watching this shit. And I think about just like that time period of the early 90s, because I had the early to mid 90s. I definitely had this, the end of this, like literally that scene where Carp like looks up at the camera when they're like, you know, going to hit him with the bone saw. That going into uh, Body Snatchers, the evasion continues, the early 90s Body Snatchers sequel. Uh, That on a VHS and then like an episode of like Tales from the Crypt. Right. You know, the recording of VHS, you know, recording it off the TV. But it's interesting to get like an early 90s one because I feel like, I mean, it's obviously a TV movie. So it wasn't like it didn't have like an insane amount of fanfare, but there was enough that built up over time where Screen Factory released it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cameo after cameo. Oh, you got I mean, the first, well, one, it's how brilliant is it to just have John Carpenter playing like a corpse in the morgue, drinking formaldehyde, being the Crypt Keeper. And he's good, and he's he's acting good, like yeah. for what it is. Oh yeah. yeah, he shows his personality, which you don't nowadays, especially you don't usually see a lot. The, the, yeah, he kind of steals, in my opinion, he like steals, even though he's not in any of the three segments. Oh no, he steals, steals the show. The show yeah, yeah. Like, does. yeah, yeah. He he, and like you said, comparing comparing him to the Crypt Keeper is that spot on. Yeah, spot yeah. on. And that that's like a a nice change from the and i know like the creep obviously in creep show and creep show too like kind of gets in there with the comic book you know because that's all ec inspired uh anthology horror that they're doing so that's a cool segment and the wraparound story obviously in the in those two 
um, and the wraparound story and like Tales from the Dark Side with Deborah right. Harry and the little Lawrence kid. Uh, but this is this felt like more like Tales from the Crippy and like camp like campier and fun, more fun. Yeah. Uh, and you got Toby writing the eye segment or and direct or directing the eye segment and Carp doing the gas station, which the score, the score still like you just hear it and it's not like crazy over the top or anything. But you can just that that Carpenter score yeah. is just it's so signature to like everything he does, even in something as small as like that segment of the gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did they release this score on vinyl? I, Body bags? No. That would be. Done. I mean, they've literally done like there's fucking a Maniac Cop two vinyl. That, like, yeah, they put. I know. I mean, yeah, no. In the age of them just putting everything they can out, I just bought that Maniac Cop two vinyl on eBay. <laughs> after uh, but anyway like yeah it's he's done like so much and like this is fun because this just seemed like i wonder what it couldn't have been a big budget but they got mark hamill how the fuck do they get luke, luke skywalker for this i i think if i remember in the commentary it kind of goes back to what you were just saying like and i was thinking the same thing and i, I think i think any big horror fan that's that knows this film like knows that it was a bunch of friends getting together um clearly not a big budget but i think everyone's just doing each other a favor you know like so yeah, that's what I, it seemed like you know i would assume mark hamill's got to be somewhat of a horror fan and 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 maybe somewhere through six degrees they're all like buddies and you know it's i mean just like you said the cast is ridiculous like, david, david carradine wes wes obviously like i mean that just I love like that little cameo Wes because he's I mean Eric was saying this oh, he's cool. so he's so like scholarly in real life and he's such like a you know he's a he was a college professor and he played that like creep like so well yeah that Roger Corman oh, like, oh Corman yeah yeah you know, like being a doctor you know that, and like I'd even put that together Deborah Harry in of blondie and tales from dark side also yes. in the hair that is that is a i mean again if, if that's a coincidence I, I don't know if it is i don't know if they're you know i don't know if you guys know any backstory to that but that's really bizarre if that's you know just a coincidence horror that, anthology queen if it, yeah <laughs> uh so we, and while we're on the subject of of musicians sheena easton also in the uh uh oh yeah yeah in the, in the hair segment too yeah so. there's i mean david warner like it's when you think about it like these are all like pretty astute like i don't know like their name their names it's not like you know it, I, it had to have been i don't know i would just love to know like i guess i guess i'm gonna need to listen to the commentary again but i i think that's so cool that you get like david naughton from Miracle Werewolf in London, you get all these Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi. George, I mean, George Buck Flower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're talking like, yeah, just yeah, so many. And the fact that this was just ended up being a TV movie that didn't have a legit Blu ray or, D, or yeah. DVD release. And well, they're approaching like a weird time in like horror, especially too, right? Like 93 is like, a, I mean, it's it, tapered off. I mean, to, you guys, you you have a couple years on me. You have a couple years on the rest of us. Um, You know, what was it? I mean, cause, so you guys just being a little bit older than me, like, did you feel like 
I did that 90s it turned but there was still a lot of output in the 90s especially the early 90s because we were getting things like I mean this is 93 so you're getting like you're getting like leprechaun right you're still... you're getting like all these like new bases that are kind of getting developed but at the same time it's like not the 80s yeah heyday of horror and i think like maybe probably a little bit after like this is still probably a great i mean a good time but i'm saying like a little and then you're you're shortly after you're approaching kind of a weird time for isn't it isn't it wild to think this is only three years before screen it feels like 15 years i was just thinking that (laughs) this movie has so much 80s feel to it and i don't know if it's just because of the budget it doesn't have a 90s feel to it at all in my for me personally it doesn't have a 90s feel at all to it it only has a 90s feel just because that's when i discovered it but what that's why it doesn't seem like it's just three it's literally came out probably about two two and a half years before they started filming principal photography on screen that blows my mind it's nuts that's absolutely nuts i mean now that you say yeah like i it does feel like it's like a fucking lifetime in between but jesus yeah, I mean, I, and uh, I know, I think it wasn't until the commentary that I learned that this was supposed to be a show for Showtime. I remember hearing that. I remember either reading or hearing that, that it was going to be like a, well, probably what Masters of Horror ended up being in a, you know, especially considering all the people that they brought in at the ground level of this. You get cameos by Sam Raimi. George and Toby are directing the segments in it. George's or, or George, uh, Carp and Toby are directing the segments, and Carp is like playing the crypt keeper. This seems like, and I wonder if Mick Garris could probably speak to this because he's kind of the brains behind the whole Masters of Horror thing by doing the Masters of Horror dinners. Right. But this had to have been like the seeds for what Masters of Horror became, especially because it was done on Showtime. It has to be. Uh, could be. I mean, all I know, all I remember is learning from the commentary track that Show, Showtime just said, no, thanks. Like, right. And they, I, they they have to be in regrets now because that this was easily this was easily if they could have had half the people involved with this, the film. Involved with the show, easy yeah. competition for Tales, the next Tales from the Crypt. Oh, big time. Big easily. Time. Easily. And, and then you've got then you've got. I mean, in the world that we are now with so much um, with so much merchandise, hard merchandise, can you see a John Carpenter morgue NECA figure? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that'd like, be- like they're, they're, if, they, if they would have had just maybe like three seasons. Every, everything about it, and it had to have been just the timing of like horror kind of being phased out. I but then yeah. funny, funny enough, you know, who to, who, who to think you know, two and a half, three years later, Scream comes out and Wes is literally as popular as he's ever been. They had to have been, at that point, Showtime, what shows were on Showtime in the 90s? Because, like, you talk HBO, you obviously had Tales, which, like we said, would have been the competition for a body bag show, but they also had, like, Arliss, Dream On, um, Larry Sanders' show, <laughs> like Tracy takes on that might have been a few years later, but like yeah. what what did Showtime have for shows at that? I don't point? know. I feel like HBO was always like on their radar, but like back in the day, Showtime was like really, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I really watched. They're it. always they're always second place. Was yeah, that, did they have maybe, maybe a, Diaries or was that Cinemax? I don't know. 
When I was young, I only knew Cinemax for one thing, and that was yeah, Skinemax. I'm just I'm curious myself. So I'm just looking this up, but yeah, it's so these segments are. I mean, we you made the the eye when we were talking when we were watching the eye segment is like a they did something similar to that in Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, there's a twi- I mean, I think there's a isn't there a isn't there a later movie from the 2000s about yeah, this too? Probably eye. Yeah, the eye, right? It's like, a, oh, okay. Isn't it like Jessica Alba or something in it? That's the. American- I think that that was a. Oh, uh, there's a foreign one and then a right of the American yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's able to see ghosts with the, her new eye. Well, you know. Whatever. The twists and turns. The twist. <laughs> Technically, Mark Hamill's seen ghosts, right? Yeah, he's seen there's he's a naked seen... girl in the grave and the victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the ghost of the guy, the dead guy, the the John dead... Randall was it? Was it John Randall? Yeah. John Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Whose eye was it? <laughs> I I would love to. The dude who wrote the eye is amazing because he's just like. All right, we need to get a British actress to play a southern talking Mark Hamill. <laughs> and you're a baseball player. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hamill's the man in that. Like, like he, when he's... he goes nuts at the end of the segment, he's like so good. Like, dude, K and B coming through with those effects, too. Uh, man. Oh. Dude, we were talking about that. How cool. And, and I know, like, that early 90s people kind of get on, like, some of the CGI stuff. But I thought the hair segment with the little like moving, I thought that was cool. It, it, it's it works it works because it's it's just a black comedy, exactly. you know. Yeah. So it works. It's fine. It, it, and you like that that sound effect when he like plucks. It. <laughs> <laughs> that like it's so goofy, but it works. Yeah, and I and like you and I were just saying like that was the one that creeped us out the most. It still yeah. has has that effect somehow because it's just it's so uncomfortable it's It's so uncomfortable and it's really it's interesting because on the surface hair is not like really all that horror like it's the guy that grows hair and like the most horror it gets is like there's these little like live like aliens like that's a brilliant like there's an interesting take yeah that's one getting stacy keach who is affectionately known as the guy from, for me, up in smoke, because my dad was a 70s pothead. So I grew up laughing. It's funny now because I'm a straight edge. I'm a straight edge, but I love up in smoke just from growing up watching it. Have you guys seen um, Nice Dreams? Cheesy Chong's Nice Dreams? No. No. So Linnea Quigley has a cameo in it in a mental hospital. And also Stacey Keach smokes so much weed that is like has some kind of like thing in it with um iguana stuff that he starts turning into an iguana in the movie <laughs> and has an iguana arm and he's just smoking this iguana weed Wait, so stacy keach is in multiple cheese and chong movies yes yeah, see and what that's, like the wow movie? so the first in the first one he's the detective that's trying to like bust like all the drugs that are all the pot that's coming into uh, California at the time he's not there for next movie which came out three years later in 81 but yeah. he returns in a nice dreams which is like I think a, a few years later and he plays the detective that's like strung out on like weed 
And yes, he's he his hand and everything turns into iguana. He has the iguana tongue that gets like a thing, but he's smoking weed and turns into an iguana. That's crazy. Because the weed's like mixed with iguana shit or something. So all practical effects. Like, yes, yes. It, how are they? Are they good? Yeah. Yeah, they're like sick, especially for like the mid eighties or whenever Nice Dreams came out. Yeah, I remember him out. vaguely from the what's the first one? Up and smoke. Up and smoke. I remember him vaguely from like that one, but yeah, that's cool. Um, but an all star cast in all these, you get obviously Wes and David Naughton, uh, debuting in the uh, you know, debuting in the movie. Um as uh characters in the movie and david carradine you know obviously plays like the the robert. Uh, yeah robert the <laughs> robert robert yeah. that would have actually been better if it was david he probably would have done it He's he would have been crazy. way too he would have been way too lax he'd have brought yeah he would have brought a different approach to the character or he'd been like how about how about this guy auto riding if it asphyxiates himself? Yeah, that's that how he, isn't that crazy? That's how he died. What a way to go in, out in, in Thailand, right? In Bangkok, wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't in Bangkok? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in Bangkok. I think. Ugh. What a wild individual. <laughs> that's a you know that's kind of how you thought old Bill would go, right? <laughs> well, shit. That's I mean you can't be too mad about paying that tab. You went out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the, and then uh, Sam Raimi's obviously uh, plays the dead in that, like the dead, yeah. Like that's brilliant because he's the actual Bill. Like Robert kill Robert Carradine's character kills him, dresses right. up as Bill. Uh, Buck Flower, like that segment, you should have known right then. You got Sam Raimi, you got Buck Flowers, and you got David Naughton in that. The girl who plays the gas station attendant, I didn't recognize. I don't recognize her from anything else. I, I like just passenger 57 yeah like i know Holy she's in shit. other stuff but like yeah. I, passenger 57 oh my god yeah i think that's that's about it i mean as far as i my to my knowledge yeah, yeah there could be some hardcore fans be like yeah you didn't see yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's yeah. passenger 57 oh my god i haven't thought about that in forever um but that, like, that's a cool little segment. And then the hair one, as we were saying, like, that one creeped us out so much. And well, hold on. Before we go, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're good. I, I have a question for everyone here. Did everyone, when, they, when the first time you saw uh, the gas station, did you see that coming with Robert Carradine? No. No, I didn't see it. No. Yeah, I definitely didn't, for sure. Yeah, me neither. That yeah, that was because he didn't play oh, like. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening to our, us for Yahoo's talk about this, and you well, haven't seen really the movie, didn't say, we didn't really, he didn't really say what what happened. Yeah, okay, yes. Uh, but no, he played it like cool. They didn't try to be like, "Hey, have a good night." Well, like you know, throwing yeah. so much, <laughs> they're throwing so much at her, like you know, like all these yep. weird happening to her. So you throw like you you introduce to him. And he's, you know, he's funny and a little bit weird, but then they throw you completely off because they're throwing all this other shit at you. So. Now, crazy concept here. I'll throw this out to the room. And Sean, you can start piping up. You're falling asleep over here. Uh, <laughs> call me crazy. There's movies that we watch. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's movies that we watch where we get, we get an hour into them and we feel like they haven't given us anything or laid out any kind of anything in a movie, in the movie. And you're like, when are they going to get to something here? This segment, 
of the gas station literally comes in, introduces characters, introduces what's going on, explains quickly that there's a guy, a psycho roaming around. Right. You're in here by yourself. I'm leaving you. Wes Craven comes in, creepy guy. Could that guy be something? He just wants a pack of smokes. He goes away. David Naughton's showing up with mom jeans on and the leather jacket looking like Michael from the Lost Boys, just chilling, hair quaffed up, rolling in in a foreign fucking car, wants to have a date, take you out to the fucking town to the jazz club. I pull away. David Car- or Robert Carradine shows back up. Fucking, he's the fucking killer. Sam Raimi falls out of the fucking thing. They hit so many, they hit like nine notes in this like half hour segment and it's perfect. Yeah. I think they, they chose the segments perfectly because you know, you could very easily like this one, they, like you said, it's action packed. You know what I mean? They, they put it's it to the point. Like yeah. how do, how can you, how do people, I mean, this is a credit to Carpenter and a credit to people who are, that's what kills me when people try to discredit maybe something that Carpenter did, especially like he gets discredited for the, at the time for the thing, now the thing everyone loves and they got it in movie theaters and it's $25 for the Phantom of Fathom event and everything, but they can go in there. They can literally roll in and be like, okay, in a half hour, we're going to give you seven beats and we're going to get to the story and it's going to be over. And you're going to be entertained the, entertain the entire time. Yes. A, a yes. modern day horror movie, it'll be on for an hour and you'll go, what the, f- what's going on? And then it's like watching. What am I watching? Yes. Right. What what undertone? What uh, social commentary am I missing right now? Yeah. Not exactly. that there's anything wrong with that in some instances, but man, that's a that's a whole other episode. That's for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man. I, yeah. <sighs> but is that is that that's what I think too? I think people. I think horror. I'll say genre, because I know like Tony Katat, Tony. Colette, is that her name? Oh, no, no. <laughs> the girl, the woman from Hereditary, played the mother in Hereditary. Oh, Tony Colette. Tony Colette. Tony Colette. Tony Colette. Sure I don't know if you're trying to say Tony Katane. Yeah, I was, I was like, that's what I thought. I was like, I was thinking like, <laughs> where's Jesse going with this? We're actually just going to talk about the round and round rap music video. <laughs> yes, to- Tony Colette. Tony yeah, Colette. Tony Colette. She, like, I listened to an interview with her, and I think it was with, like, Mark Marin or something. And Mark Marin, like, is just like, she so like horror now, huh? That's your thing. And she's just like, well, it's not really horror. It's family drama, psychological, like, okay, try to find other ways to put your, you'll collect the check from Hereditary, or you'll collect the check from whatever horror movie you're in, but you'll try to undercut the genre and be like, well, it's not really horror. It's family drama. No, it's a no, fucking horror film. You're not above... That, that's what I hate. They try to like... And that's why you get someone who... respect People that respect the genre and who are kings of the genre, like Carp and Toby, that can come in and do something so simple and elegant, yet elegant, uh, maybe not to the blind eye. They would be like, what the fuck am I watching? There's <laughs> Stacey Keach, the, the lizard guy from uh, from Nice Dreams is growing fucking hair all over his face. Um, but I just find it funny that the simpleness of like body bags, especially that first segment can be, people could try to undercut it and be like, well, that's, you know, here's my highfalutin nose up at the sky at something so goofy and campy as body bags, but it comes in there. It tells the story you're entertained the entire time. And like you said, we're watching a movie for an hour and you're like, okay, am I an idiot? 
or has there really been nothing happening? And then they're like, oh my God, she was a ghost the whole time. (laughs) Well, like I said, like, you know, like, like, I, I really, lo- I, I do like a lot of, you know, I'm sure all of us like a lot of today's horror films and, and, and some of the cleverness, and like, especially, you know, social right, commentary. Right. Of course. But, but uh, sometimes when it's like just so much and I find myself like, I get out of the theater and then I'm online, like, what did I just watch? I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh. I am an idiot, or or am I an idiot? I don't know. <laughs> That's not, uh, the one movie I'll say that comes to mind. Men, saying men. Men, Dan, men. have you seen Men? Refuse, refuse. You're... That's a twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah, that's an a twenty four. It just, it, you know, a twenty four. I'm very mixed. I was gonna say a twenty four is very hit or miss. Like some stuff very I watched, miss. like it's... I loved X. Obviously, I did. You X... see X, Dan? I saw it in the theater, man. Day came out. Absolutely. I might. I think at this point, I don't know what's going to top that. Yeah. I mean, we'll, well see how the, Halloween the, ends. Is, the prequel comes out. I didn't realize how quick. It yeah, they out. filmed the, the prequel coming out here soon too. It comes like, out this month. Oh, well, you know, there's prequel. I could out. not. I, I always say for credits in the, in the theater, which I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. And I was, they dropped that, and I was like, oh, so this is why Ty West has been gone for so long. Yeah, yeah. It, I seriously, he's think been at comes, work, man. I think it comes out like the end of the month already. Like, literally. is it going direct to streaming? Oh, isn't it? I can't wait. I, I no, can't I think wait. it's going to theaters, man. I think. That was in Ty West is. I love everything Ty, I've seen from Ty West, though, too. I agree. Um, yes. What a track record already, man. We need to really, yeah. You make men, though. We got to touch back on men. Yeah, men. Dude, is, men was a. So should, I, so, so should I watch men? You should watch it uh, just so I could see your face. I want you to literally get on Zoom as soon as you're done watching it so we could see your face. Yeah, I just yeah. want to – you need to watch it just so we could hear – I would love to hear another per- – I just need to hear everyone's perspective on the movie because I just – You didn't see mine yet, did you? No, I've never seen mine. I saw it in theaters and I sat there after the movie ended and I was with a buddy. I was just like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't – I have it's, no idea. Here's the thing, too. The first the, until the last twenty minutes, I'm like, where are they going with this? Yeah. It was it was what we were just talking about. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on for the first hour and ten minutes, and then the last twenty, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in the fucking cotton candy cocoon at fucking in fucking <laughs> killer clouds. Oh, you're like you're like, what was in this fucking diet coke, man? Like, <laughs> you feel like you got the hair transplant from hair. yeah, yeah. I I'm sitting there and they're whistling and pulling shit out of my head. Yeah. But we could go on a whole tangent about that. But yeah, yes. well, speaking of hair, <laughs> yeah. This I mean, this I love this because it touches on like the the middle-aged man's like one of the middle-aged man's biggest fear of going bald and especially this is like correct me if i'm wrong isn't this the, like the time where fabio was like the thing and it was absolutely this and it was yeah. i can't believe it's not butter <laughs> spray you remember that one yeah i mean it's an interesting take on like you said like an insecurity of a, of like of bald going bald and baldness like and then you come up with this crazy like you're like all right like we got a guy we got this crazy doctor he's gonna do the same way he's really a fucking alien and he's gonna it, honestly it feels like something that like it feels like a seinfeld episode almost where they're just like <laughs> oh my god that's a, that's a great comparison yes we're great we're, we're kramer's like i'm losing my hair jerry yeah. <laughs> and then and then newman's like i got a guy 
And, and then he's just like, there's these little things crawling on my face. It's creeping me out. Like, that's 100% of Seinfeld, like a horror Seinfeld like episode. Yes. That is, that is, yes, that is a great, great comparison, man. And, and, and you know what? And like, back to what you're saying, like, this was a time when like, you know, Fabio was around and, and I mean, boldness has always been like, for, for men, especially like, like, you know, it's always been like a very like, uh, uh, just something that, uh, like it, just not not accepted it's, uh, it's like socially like uh frowned upon like frowned you're looked upon, at right. you're looked at like a george costanza if you start going well yes. yes and especially in the 90s I, I think around that time is when like all those infomercials would be around where they i think they show like a, they do a parody on right you get this it's like black hairspray yeah sprayed on your head i remember seeing that stuff you know the real commercials for that yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being like, uh, as a kid, I'm just, I, as a kid, I'm saying, I know when I get older, if I go bald or, or or white hair, which I have, gray hair, there's no way in hell I would do that. But, but you know, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> if you want to take this segment seriously for a second, hair, it is a really clever take of an alien invasion, yeah, and especially yeah. for the time, yeah, it's big like, time. Like, like the doctor says, he says at the end, he's like, you know, at first, you know, we're, we're these tiny little organisms. We didn't know how to take over your, your pathetic planet. And then we found out how, how insecure, there's the word I was looking at, insecure, insecure the men are in this world. Oh, that's how we'll do it. We'll, we'll put on this commercial. We'll grow your hair back. You'll all be suckers for it because humans are stupid. And There playing on the vanity of the human race yeah for sure yeah it is like you said if you look at it from when you really fit, that's what's funny though too is you would show tony collette this and she'd be like oh that's you know what i mean <laughs> she would i'll yeah. tell you right now i'm gonna if i ever meet her i'm gonna you know i'm gonna buzz her head <laughs> and i'll be in jail and they'll be like some fat blonde kid fucking clipped fucking a piece of tony collette's hair off because he was upset because he didn't think he thought he, she was too highfalutin for the hair segment body bags she was just that's a fangoria to, article right she there she's just trying to complicate the, but i don't know she's trying to sound more artistic maybe but but that's what i'm saying though like when you really think about how like how cool that is and how like smart that is to like alien invasion preying on humans that way through an infomercial about hair loss and attacking middle-aged men first what uh, what else could they do that with like that's super smart super brilliant it would never get the respect that it deserves though because of highfalutin shit like that where you're like well i'm not in horror films this is family drama <laughs> man you you gotta you gonna start the hatred hey. for Tony don't Collette fan club or what? It, it just, well, don't, yeah, don't get me started on Jamie Lee. Me and uh, her are going to go, me and her, one day me and her are going to sit down with a couple of uh, Activia yogurts and I'm going to go to town on her about all she's said about the horror genre, but then willingly comes back and starts collecting all those checks for Halloween and post-Halloween. Oh, I love Halloween. Okay. She'll, okay. she'll, be, in the, she'll be in the next trilogy or whatever. Yep. After, no doubt about it, man. I want to be with you. Uh, the three of us will sit down and and <laughs> the two of us will let her know what's See, up that's what i'm saying like it's i couldn't agree more man get off that high 
regardless this is how like that's the thing though too is like people will write you know people that aren't into genre films aren't into horror they would write something oh this is campy like john carpenter's like drinking formaldehyde and playing a crypt keeper role this is so campy it is campy there is a campy element to it but it's super like that hair segment and that's why it's my it's my favorite segment um i mean do you guys do you guys what's everyone's favorite segment here or is it my favorite segment is definitely the gas station one gas station okay i actually think it's tough i think the eye or the gas station is my favorite part. really yeah yeah tony collette <laughs> <laughs> i think the gas station of all of them is the most like straightforward one it's it, really just I mean, like there, a, there's no like wrong a, there's no wrong answer yeah i mean it's no, just like isn't. that one's like the gas station is really just like kind of a, just a little slasher like it is like when we were just saying that too like i feel like if they gave another hour to that that could have been a whole movie absolutely just like some back add some backstory to to like um the characters especially the main characters yeah you could make you could have made a full feature i agree without a doubt you could have had three movies in the can right there yeah like that's the thing like showtime that could have been so smart for showtime to be like we're actually just going to produce like three movies and every every six months, we're going to have three movies debut for you on Sunday night, or and, or do something for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. or just Halloween. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. the week or the weekend of Halloween, we're going to drop on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. We're going to have a, three movies the week weekend leading into Halloween. I wonder Think how, how brilliant that would be. I wonder how like it. The, I wonder if was there ratings information for it. Like, I wonder how it did. Like, how did it do? I, I don't even know if you I, could even you. I, I just wonder like what the um, I'm sure you I'm go to the archives. And check I mean, I uh, believe this again. This is going to the commentary because again, a lot of this was discussed. Uh, you know, I love that Carpenter loves to do the commentary tracks. Yeah, I know that's great. I feel like I listened to the commentary of this, but I really don't remember. Any I, of- if I recall, it was not that well promoted because I think, yeah. and again, this could all be wrong and someone could be listening to this later and be like oh what the fuck's he talking about but if i remember correctly I, I you know showtime just i don't know if this was you know what i i just don't want to speak out of uh i remember i vaguely remember them saying that showtime was sour on it before it even debuted so they just didn't care that's what i was going to say so that is, i've 100 heard that before yes okay that's what i was going to say yeah, and I'm pretty saying. sure. Sorry, go ahead, man. No, I'm I'm pretty sure it's in. It may even be in that commentary. Yeah, um, that he said that he was just like they didn't really like they didn't know they didn't know what they had they didn't care what they had and it was just kind of like once it was done it sounded like everyone was different from what I remember the what I took was they everyone sounded deflated because they knew Showtime wasn't going to do anything with it and it didn't matter. Yeah, and I think they went. And I Go think ahead. they went into it with the expectations of like, hey, this could be some, this could be a reoccurring thing. And then Showtime killed it before its release even happened. You know, killed that idea of it continuing on before it even happened, before it debuted in August of 93. I'm wondering, what, was it maybe like a staff, like a, 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 a turning of staff at Showtime maybe? Like maybe a first... That sounds so familiar too. You know, like, because if it was... Yeah, again, that sounds familiar to me as well. And like, it's like, it kind of almost makes sense that it would be that way because it's mm-hmm. like, well, 
if it was brought to Showtime and then Showtime's like, well, fuck this, you know, like, you know, and, and it, it, it really shows to this day, again, you know, not to, not to just kind of repeat what we're doing, like, you talk to like the hardcore horror fans, they don't even know this film. No, this. I mean, it's relatively, I, cause I dropped it. Like I did the, a thing episode on my buddy Max's podcast, ready to retro Max and Chelsea. And when I dropped, when we were talking about like, what was, what's your favorite Carpenter film? Well, it's probably the thing. And they're like, well, what was the first Carpenter film you saw? And I was like, and I had to think about it for a second. And I was just like, probably body bags and there and he was like i don't think i've seen body bags and i was like you know a, because it was a tv movie too and yes. it wasn't like you know what i mean those tv movies kind of fly under the radar especially when it goes years 20 shit 23 years whatever years without a, a blu-ray release and there were no real official release besides the pan and scan artisan release like that's probably why maybe it would have found more of an audience had it been readily readily available in the video store but it w- wasn't i didn't i remember being in sight and sound at one point but we're talking like 95 or something like yeah, that I and, I, like... I, and it's like literally i just remember the cut co- the cut co- can we talk about the cover of the vhs is so sick yeah. like the, the the poster art yeah. is so sick yeah great song. great artwork yeah anything interesting right like that's 30 yeah 30 years uh next august yeah, so maybe we'll see something. Maybe a soundtrack or that would be cool. Obviously, we know Screen Factory put out a 4K, so yeah, they'll they'll 4K. <laughs> they'll they'll make sure there's a 4K of that and Piranha and did you did you see the recent um the recent news with Screen Factory about how someone complained that one of their 4K posters, like the posters that came with the like the Child's Play 4K, that the posters were damaged. And they said, okay, we'll send you new ones, but you need to send us pictures of the ones you have ripped up because we can't have you having those. They wanted they wanted pictures of the posters that they had ripped up as proof that they were truly damaged and not usable in order to resend them actual posters. Did they think about that before they actually, I guess they didn't really think about that. They sent They sent that email and then the kid posted it on Twitter and they must have rectified something because I think he he like went back and apologized for posting it. But like at the same time, like it definitely did. I send you that? Did I send you that and show you yeah, that? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I so I just take my poster, rip it, show them, and then they'll send me a new one. And then I still sell my old one because people wait to the last minute, can't get it, and they still want a copy. Of it. So is that essentially what we're doing here? Yeah, I guess because so. Because everyone lies and cheats and steals anyway. Yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, I, I love Shop Factory, but that's, I did, I've not heard about that. That's not the first time I've heard that story. Right. They, they uh, what about five years ago or so? I think it was. This is going definitely before COVID. They really, I think, were understaffed. I remember this. It was a, a lot of the posters were coming damaged. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically what film. And then I remember they were on an episode of the guys from Shout and Scream were on an episode of. Well, then um, Uncle, Uncle Creepy's, uh, that Steve Barton dude. Is his name Uncle Creepy? 
He used to write for Bloody yeah, Disgusting. Yeah, he goes by like a yeah. creepy or whatever. They were on the, the was it the Blumhouse podcast? Uh, what was that? It was the guys from uh, Blumhouse. I don't know. Anyway, getting off topic, man. But but uh, I did not hear that. That's, that's I mean, what's the point of that? What, well, they, what I mean, you, you just ripped the poster, and now you've, you're getting two posters. One that's you know, and you and you know they're going to send you a new poster, if, if, even if you just do a little, little rip. Right. And I I don't know. I I don't know what the um like I said. N- I love like Scream Factory for putting out body bags. I love Scream Factory for putting out this stuff and providing us all this stuff. But I think it's kind of ridiculous when you you rush a Friday the 13th box set and there's three er discs with three eras, one an audio era in part three. One, the only scene that made uh, Jason Goes to Hell uncut, that scene's not in there. And then what was the other one? Was it Freddy versus Jason there was an issue with? Uh, was it that or Jason? I can't remember. Or Jason X. No, there's no audio in the sleeping bag when Kane is smashing the one girl with the sleeping bag. It's just silent audio, and you could just hear the overdubs of the ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to either of those. I got the box set. I mean, I, I own, you know, the old DVD box, uh, right. box set, and the then like which didn't come with Jason X. And I own Jason X. I can't wait to check that out. That's hysterical, actually. So they had, and then they, like, once they found him, and I found it because I had popped in, I popped in, like, Jason Goes to Hell right away just because I wanted to see, like, a, a cleaned-up version of that. And that wasn't gone. And then I go looking and start, like, Googling, and then I found that three discs had him, and then enough of an upheaval started that they did, like, a disc replacement thing, but it took, like, I don't know, it took like yeah, two two months. months. Definitely took a couple months to get those. Two months, months. but like that's what I'm saying. Like you you put that thing up for pre order in July of 2020, and then it shipped out in October of 2020. What I just don't understand those oversights. And like you said, it could have been due to staffing, but at the same time, like I don't know. That's just like it's so crazy to me. Like a money that a company that's pulling in that much money. You got to at least have the guy that's watching the quality checking your work. Right. Quality yeah. checking at that at, at that juncture yeah. and that size company is so integral. At, at this at this point in in twenty twenty two, with social media it's, it's such a high, uh, your reputation is on the line, man. Yeah. Like there's just no room for error anymore, you know. And like going back to this episode of like I remember this podcast episode, they actually came on and apologized for for their quality they were like extremely hurt by a lot of the comments and i'm sure some were like a little you know people go overboard stuff but you know and they said they were going to work on that and here we are again you know yeah i'm still waiting for i i pre-ordered the uh you know i I don't need a new child's play box set but i did order the uh, neca burnt chucky figure oh nice i'm I'm still waiting on it you know i mean yeah and that's what um I guess to, yeah, that's what I just don't understand is, too, that this Uncle Creepy dude, this Steve Barton dude, he wrote for Bloody Disgusting for years. I think it was Bloody Disgusting. But he was on a podcast, and he had the dudes from Scream Factory, Shout Factory, on there talking about it. And it killed me because this dude's talking about how he's got, oh, thanks for giving me all this free stuff. 
And then literally three sentences later, he's just like, well, it must be so tough because no one buys this stuff anymore. <laughs> one, well, you're not buying it, you goof. Two, bullshit people aren't buying it. Yeah. Bullshit. I know so many people that own this. Everyone here owns multiple, 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 multiple copies of Scream Factory stuff. Still buying stuff. Yeah. I've given them money hand over fist. At this point, I can safely say thousands of dollars. When you really think about it, $25, if you want to add in the shipping or the extra poster and an extra figure here, several orders, sale orders, you get seven, eight Blu-rays for 80 bucks here and there when they do a sale or something like that. Between the the four of us, plus Brian or whoever, uh, that's a lot of cash. And that's just a, that's just a couple of us. And they sold, they oversold the 13,000 box sets of Friday the 13th. They sold out those 13,000s because initially, if you remember, that was supposed to be limited to the 13,000. Yeah. They made it sound like it was going to, they, they urged you to buy quickly too because they made it sound like it was going to. Oh, yeah. Quickly. And then you can go buy that goddamn thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, don't tell me that people aren't buying. I mean, they didn't do it for some reason. They did it with the Halloween one, but now they're just releasing all of them like on the 4Ks, and yep. individually, yeah. and and like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like that. Like, we're getting another release of those films because I can't afford to pay some eBay uh, eBay price on the box set, and I slept on the box set. It's crazy. Um, but at the same time, like. I don't need to see Piranha in 4K. You it was a movie made in the 70s. I don't you know, need to see. I don't need to see someone's nose hair. Well, I'm guessing they're, they're looking at it like, what can we do next? Like we put out. Oh, yeah. Shit, so well, the next step is just fucking Steelbook 4K. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, tangent, I like yeah, it. I mean, we. Well, that's, I mean, it wouldn't, weeds, I like it's, it. it wouldn't be a five-year anniversary if we didn't go on <laughs> tangents and tirades. We're in the, we're in the weeds. I like it. Um, but that last, the last segment, the eye, like we said, like a awesome concept, uh, baseball player loses his eye in a car wreck. Because initially, as soon as it's called the eye and you see it, you immediately think there's going to be some eastbound and down shit where he knocks his eye out with a baseball or something. That's what I thought. I thought that was what's got, what was coming. I, I no, I, 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 you know, it's so funny. First off, the first thing that, thing that comes to mind when I think of that segment is, um, and I don't know about the rest of you. It, it, it could just easily just be me, but like, um, I didn't realize that was Mark Hamill for years. Oh, I didn't. I had no. Okay, I'm a Star Wars dude, so I had no fucking clue who Mark Hamill was anyway. And then it was years later when I rented it in there i was just like oh dude that's the fuck that's luke skywalker that's i know crazy. it's crazy and, and you're just and you're thinking like oh why what would make him do kind of like you said in the beginning of this all what would make him do something so like it's like going backwards for right his career no disrespect to the film the film's great um but like for, you know once you're in star wars you should be like yeah not doing, not doing tv movies but you know i think it, it goes back to what like you said like you know he uh you know, I think everyone was friends here. and he I've was, heard nothing but, like, great things about him, too. He seems hysterical. I mean, from watching him, you know, following him on social media. So Just just a ball buster and, like, someone that's just, like, happy with the hand that was dealt to him, like, yeah. uh, seemingly. Um, but this one's such a cool, like, concept. And he, he puts on a master class, man. He puts on such a great performance. 
It's believable. It's funny. And it really makes me think like, man, I could picture this dude like playing like, I don't know, like a role in Shockers, you know, playing like one of the roles in, I don't know. He, like, he could play like Horace Pinkard. Like when I watch this now, I was just like, this guy could have like swept up and cleaned in the horror genre. He didn't need to, he didn't need to be like, I'm going to go play in all these horror movies. He obviously was in this movie for, as a favor or, because he was just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do a campy. Yeah. This is a cool. Yeah, this is a cool. This is a cool little role here. Right. This is something I'm different. Of Hamill also like you know how like sometimes you just when you do the there's these actors who do these big roles that they kind of have trouble finding work outside of it. So maybe that's something that happened with him too. Like I don't, right. I really don't know much about Hamill's work outside of Star Wars. Really, like I don't. I remember he this. played. Like, I don't. I remember he played Cockknocker and Chainsaw Bob Strike. Well, that's what I mean. But like, yeah, he's the voice actor. Well, you know, you always hear about those like actors that like you know, like Daniel Radcliffe, who had trouble like finding. Of course, I mean Harry Potter's a much. I just mean like you know what I mean. Like, no, these, I mean that's comparable. Like, that's Seinfeld that's actors, comparable. Yeah, like, the Seinfeld actors too. Like they had, they couldn't find work outside of Seinfeld for like. I mean, what's Michael Richards done? He was he did Problem Child. Yeah, Problem Child. <laughs> that was it. Perfect example. Perfect example of the Seinfeld cast, man. So, oh, so yeah. I wonder if Hamill like was just like like he wanted to act and he thought it was a good, well written. You know, I don't know. I know. Poor Jason Alexander. What did he do besides Seinfeld that anybody cared about? Shell Hale and Dunstan checks in. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then before Seinfeld, but this was before Seinfeld, which was, uh, uh, um, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's got, Ladder. The Burning. He was burning. in the Burning. <laughs> early, early. Burning. Yes. Yeah. He had he had better stuff before Seinfeld. <laughs> did, wait, did Julia Louise Dreyfus ever do a horror movie? I know she's the only thing I've seen her in besides that was Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. She's done that movie with uh, Gandolfini like later on. I don't really know too much. She's got a Will Ferrell movie. That she well, when you get out. those sign when you get those Seinfeld checks, you don't really. Yeah, I, I don't think you really care. It ain't about money. Yeah, I mean, my my artistic gripes would go away with a Seinfeld check. Same with Star Wars checks, I'm sure. Like, oh yeah, the Star Wars checks is another level too. So, so, uh, but but back to the eye, you know, I was just, you know, when we were talking off air before we started hitting record, um, you know, we were talking about like kind of reviewing the film, whatever, and I was watching a clip of the eye on YouTube just to get get to it quicker. Do you guys realize what you know? Uh, what tape he goes to grab for in the car that causes him to get in the accident? I saw a Neil Diamond tape, but I didn't see what else he grabbed. What he grabbed? What he grabs is the B-52's Cosmic Thing album. Oh my God, that's awesome! <laughs> he just listened to trying to listen to Love Shack. He loses his fucking eye. I did notice, like, yeah, like I didn't notice one, but I noticed they kind of make it a point to show like what cassettes are in that like old ass cassette. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a hard, it's a tough pause uh, to, yeah. Yeah. and it might be on purpose, maybe for like, uh, you know, copyright reasons, you know, but it's for sure B-52's Cosmic Thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but that, such an entertaining, like, and it felt like, that's the thing too, like when this ends, like, I feel like it could have continued. Like, I feel like if I, if I would have went back and could have been a few years older and I saw it as like an adolescent when it first debuted, I, me personally, knowing myself as a horror fan that I am today, if I would have been in my twenties or something and saw this, I would have been urging for more, at least me, I'd have been like, this is great. Like, 
I would love to see three uh, three more segments in another like TV movie or something. It's a shame that it just nothing. It was just one and done. Yeah, well, we we you kind of get a, a sequel to to uh, the eye. What is it? Uh, body parts. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, right. It's kind of like oh wait no that's before body is that parts before? before it's ninety one. No shit. Ninety one. I thought it was after. It I saw the nine. But uh, you kind of get something like that. But you, you could you could have done a sequel to the eye by itself. You know, just like oh. You know, Hamill kills himself. Yeah. Another mix-up. Oh, we didn't know what happened to this guy. Oh, this other person needs eye surgery, and now he's got Mark Hamill's and yeah, John Hamill's like, uh, like a prequel. Like a prequel. Oh, prequel. Oh, I, you know, that's even a better idea, Eric. Yes. What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... What's the history of John Randall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like then, I said, there's missed missed opportunities for sure. And then, how about this? John Randall is friends with. Robert Carradine's character. There you two, go. Two like serial killers. Oh, that'd be. Huh? How do you, the next question is how do you tie hair in? You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, we didn't even talk about David Warner, also. Yeah, David Warner playing the head alien. Yes. Yes. We should mention the. I'm sure if listeners didn't know the Kruger, how he was going to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. He was, you know, that was the original, did the test makeup as Freddy Krueger, like, was going to be Robert England's character, which is was so interesting in hindsight now to think about how he would have done as Freddy Krueger. You know, you guys, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You guys are blowing my mind. I was not aware of that. Yeah, man, he did test that, makeup. Yeah, if you Google it, you can find. If you Google it, you can find the te- the makeup. He kind of looks awesome. It looked because it gives Freddie like an old look, like a like a really older look, like which is that's how Wes saw it. You know, the guy that looked up at his brother and scared his brother, and then he like went to go chase the guy off of the bat. He was like a middle aged to older gentleman that was a creepy guy that was getting off on scaring a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would have been a completely different. Uh, again, we're getting off on the weeds here, but it, it would have been a. This is all relevant, man. We're talking about Wes. It would have been a completely different feel, of course, but yeah, who knows? Maybe it would have been really good, you know, better, or I don't want to say better, you know, but a different take. Would the would the comedy be there later on? It's, That's it's, another thing. The comedy, like, would be more of a darker tone, and older. But yeah, if you. Uh, you can Google the the pictures. There's you can definitely use I am, I am absolutely doing that first thing after this. <laughs> um, and, and you know we should we should, you know it's like it's, it's so funny because we keep saying like oh we forgot this cat this actor and this actor too. But I mean like we said the whole thing's all star cast. But we still have to mention all these dude Tom Arnold, yeah Tom Arnold yeah. and and Toby Toby yeah Toby and Peter Jason Peter Jason. It's crazy, so man. Many. We mentioned Debbie Harry, right? Debbie yeah, Harry. we mentioned Debbie Harry. I mean, I don't know too much about Twiggy's background, but I mean, she was like a well-known uh, model, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, that's that's the thing. There's so many. I I mean, we'll never get it, but how cool would it be to see like a convention that has like a body bags reunion? Oh, just stop, the, I have. Stop. We have like we have like fucking twenty between the four of us. 
we could roll in there and just be like, listen, we're gonna host the panel. Yeah. You the rest of you just sit down. We got the questions. I wonder, no fake questions. We got all the questions. I wonder, like, of all the like when Carpenter sits down and does like meet fans, you know, obviously I would say the the amount that talk about Halloween is probably really high, but the ones beyond that, like you're you're getting the thing. They big, live, tr- big trouble, big little trouble, time. probably a little bit, but like. I wonder how many people are like just really coming up and be like, you know, body bags, my favorite fucking thing ever. I wonder how much he, he, you know, I wonder how much he gets the people talk to him about it or just, I'm sure he would probably love that. Very good question. That That's a very, very good question. And I, and I was just going to say the same thing. Or like, I think he really would enjoy talking about it because he sure did it in the commentary. He, I mean, he definitely, he definitely doesn't, um, I think he's kind of like us where if I remember correctly, he, he saw something here. Right. You know? And, and, and not to knock Carpenter, but you know, this is kind of like, in, in a, uh, I guess maybe the beginning of the end for him. It kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. was like, I well, mean, it, it depends, depending on what fan, what kind of, you know, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not to say I love Ghosts of Mars, so I'm in. I'm I in love the- Ghosts of Mars. I love. Uh, I love vampires. vampires yeah, but, I mean, I just think it's like those movies, especially the Ghosts of Mars, that speaks to like when it came out. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it, I mean, it's just like that's like very much that. Had the guy that played Tuco and and oh my, Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine again. Oh shit! It's, is he in Ghosts of Mars? Yes, he's he's one of the he's one of the um he's driving the train. Oh, Holy shit. shit! Look at Robbie Carey. Look at the body. That's body bags right there. It's because he worked with body bags. Yes. It's body bags. It's Escape from New York. It's the yeah. thing, and people hate on it. And Anthrax does the soundtrack with Carpenter. That's right. Just saw Anthrax. You almost did. <laughs> did you tell um, about that? So I went to, me and Sean went out with a buddy of ours to go see the Anthrax 40th anniversary. Yeah. I was so fucking pumped to see Anthrax. I've seen Anthrax before, seen Black Label, seen Hatebreed. So we go there for Hatebreed. Like, Hatebreed opens. This place is like hotter than I don't even know what. It was hotter than fucking Beckinsale's fucking bathroom trip at fucking Monster <laughs> Mania a few years ago. Uh, it was so it was so hot. We go, Hatebreed finishes their set. We go wait in line for 20 minutes to pay $4 for a, a clear cup of water. Not even a solo cup, just a clear cup of water. We get back out there. Well, Hatebreed cut their set short two songs because they're like hey we got a we got a problem with the stage here the stage is coming apart we're gonna we're gonna cut our set short and that so they can fix this and then black label society's up next we go we wait probably 20 minutes uh in line come back another 20 minutes goes by lights come on guy comes on stage show's canceled sorry you can come get your refunds on tuesday then anthrax ends up tweeting and and breaking the news the fucking stage when they rolled, this is in Rochester, the stage, they rolled up on the stage that day and there was like apparently a big hole in the stage that they just threw particle board over and like screwed it in. Oh, come and on, man. Black Label Societies, Zach Wilde's got two full like <laughs> lines of, you know, stacked amplifiers and a right. grand piano on the stage. So during Hatebreed set, it started coming apart. And then they said, okay, yeah, yeah. 
So apparently, uh, Scott Ian did Eddie Trunk's podcast on, or, or Sirius XM show. And he said, well, what happened was there was an issue with the stage. And we told them, like, we can't go on until this is fixed. They fixed it. Hatebreed went on. And whatever they did to repair it made it worse. So then during Hatebreed's set, Anthrax's tour manager and Black Label's stage manager were under it while Hatebreed was playing, watching brackets snap and the stage just bowing as Hatebreed was just playing and barely moving. So they said, we're not getting on that stage. It's so unsafe. And they canceled the show. Canceled it. Rightfully so, man. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have. Oh, because especially like a Black Label's playing. And they put the grand piano over where the hole was because they're just like, well, no one will step on it. We got the grand piano there. Can you imagine Zach Wilde playing grand? That, that's the be the perfect headline. Uh, you know, Wall of Amps crushes Zach Wilde. Or he well, he's sitting at the grand piano. Or he would, they would have finished, and then uh, while Belladonna was doing Indians, he just run inside the side. He just yeah, falls <laughs> yeah. Poor Joey Belladonna would have just went into dropped into hell. I feel bad. I did see them in Philly, and it, it was great. But you've seen them. You'll see. Yeah, them again. yeah, of course. But it was still so like it was so goofy. It's so crazy. Oh man, what what venue was this? Main Street Armory in Rochester. It's an old ass venue, and okay. from what I- from what I've heard, they just don't take it, keep it up. Keep it's up been keep. around. It's they've been doing shows for a while, long time. Yeah, I think I saw Deftones, Quicksand, and Snapcase at that place. And wow, yeah. I, if I would assume it's got to be that venue because there's not many in Rochester, right? I mean, if, that probably they, not for that show. I, they, I gotta think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I don't even think they would have played Water Street. Yeah, like Water. The, all the other ones that it had really, to have been the Main Street yeah. Armory. All the other venues. Yeah. Like, are either really really big or really really small yeah I mean, they only have yeah this was a big place and it's so funny you're talking about the stage because i remember the stage uh even as a young kid i was like yo this is like i'm at a hardcore show like this stage looks like it was just like set up did they just like rent this place because you know I'm, I'm yeah not... it, yeah because it just looks like an oversized gymnasium yes it, ha- it definitely was this place yes, yeah 100 what year was that show that was around the fur uh no shit yeah so that was 97 that's awesome yeah that was cool. it i found i found the show around the house of fur tour main street armory rochester november 27th 1998 yep that's it dude that's, that's amazing that's... yeah Set list saw... FM, shout out and then i saw them at roseland too on that like a few like a few weeks before and it was uh it was uh yeah, it was Deftones. Deftones, Quicksand, and Snapcase, November 27th, 1998, Rochester, Main Street Armory. Yeah. yeah. So they probably it's probably the same stage that like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chino slipped and fucking got his goatee dusty. Yep. His windbreaker. I've never seen a windbreaker look as cool as it oh, does yeah. when Chino was wearing it. And just wearing fucking just dickies, just and some p- dickies pony shoes. Uh, well, body bags, man. What a what a cool film. What a fun film. Very grateful it's on Blu-ray. Uh, what a cool uh, next year. I want to see something, even if it's Carpenter just doing like a three-minute interview with that Ryan Turkin guy, and he was just like, oh, "How much do I look like Serge Tankian from System of Down?" And how was body bags? <laughs> I would like them to see see them do something. Maybe if it's like like we said. I mean, 
it's tough to say that they would have convention stuff because everyone in the movie's so big. Like, who are they gonna? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they get Tom you Arnold. get David Nunn and and Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold was at Monster Mania, right? We talked about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Can we hit pause real quick? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry, man. No, you're good. I got a piece so bad. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm your back. No, you're good. good. Now, who would they even get? That's you get Nunn. Nunn done Monster Mania too, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't know if he did a monster. Ma- no, he did do a monster. Ma- he did, a monster ma- did he do Oaks? No, no, he did. He did a Cherry Hill one. I do. I do recall. And he and Tom Arnold would definitely do it. But I, who else would you ain't getting Hamill? Jesus, the line for Hamill would be yeah. like, well, they got Carrie Fisher. So, yeah, but I was about to put the uh, the Inception right now. Yeah, and I have the flag in my thing. Um, but yeah, it's. We just talk real quick about how cute was. Well, my guy played more. Yeah. 24 7. 13. Like a four minute Josh Allen out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. Oh, man. He's good. He trans. So, just a little backstory on this guy. Cuse didn't recruit him. He transferred from Texas AM. Why did he come to Cuse from Texas AM? He just, because he, he was kind of. He was he's a big Alto Cinco fan. He was a big. He was, <laughs> he, was, he was recruited pretty big, but he just wasn't getting playing time. And Cuse, like, just happened to be. Happened to get him in the transfer process, and he and they, I think they told him, Listen, like if you transfer here, you'll definitely play. If anybody's uh, fighting to stay awake over here, so if anybody's curious, we're watching the Syracuse Louisville game. Are we still, yeah, oh, yeah, we don't pause, no, we don't pause for nothing. I thought we were paused. Listen, this is the best part of podcasting. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you are you gonna drive home tonight? I'm gonna drive home tonight because you can't even stay awake. What time did you wake up? Six. Oh, that's not that early. You're the fair. You went to the fair at six o'clock in the morning. No, you got there at nine. Got there at nine. It doesn't take fucking three hours to get there. Did you walk? No, I drove. <laughs> it was a joke. Are you gonna be okay driving home? Tell the listeners. Are you gonna be okay driving home? Listeners, I'll be fine driving home. <laughs> I'm worried because you're coming back tomorrow too, aren't you? <laughs> Give me a time and I'll be here. What lucha mask you wearing? The Hori Hunter one. <laughs> <laughs> this is about a one five. Yeah, Mexican wrecking ball. I hope everyone's enjoying it. Burrito boy, he's actually he's teaming with Shark Boy. Shark Boy, Shark Boy. Um, but when he gets back on and we're all not rolling, we gotta talk about the GB Gary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, it fucking sucks. Toby's dead. It would be so fucking oh, cool to finally meet him. I mean, Sam Raimi, maybe, but he Raimi's so up Spider Man's ass. I don't think he would ever do any kind of horror convention. Spider Man sucks. You <laughs> mean Doctor Strange's ass? Uh, he hasn't directed Spider Man since 2007. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. Um, watch Marvel movies in forever. Um, this is really cool. It's one of those things where, like, I always, I know, like, I say the same things in the pod sometimes, but like, I think, like, if I was going to tell someone, like, listen, like. They're like, oh, I saw Halloween. Like, what should be the next Carpenter movie I watched? Even though technically this isn't all Carpenter, but I think I would pitch this just because I don't know. It's just like we said, it's not that well known. You see, like John Carpenter, like super charismatic, hilarious, like like this kind of has everything. Like, I kind of feel like it should have a bigger audience than it does. I just think it's because, well, again, it's like we always talk about though. It's so fucking tough when, in my opinion. When you're just releasing banger after banger after banger, you know what I mean? Like, but they were not banger. So, they're not bangers at the time, though. But I'm saying, especially well, maybe not at the time, but like now, 
Like how? Yeah, everyone's when so. Someone's cool. like, oh, I, I'm a, I want to get into John Carpenter. What do I watch? Like, I guess it depends on who you ask. But like, where do you start? There's fucking, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many. If I was probably, you, you know what though? If someone had never seen a John Carpenter movie, I would probably direct them to Body Bags, third on the list. Actually, that's a great, that's a great question. Going back into this. So sorry, man. Oof. No, no, dude. Yeah, no. It, I know, I know what it's. I've been in those situations. Yeah. I felt like sometimes I feel like I should be Elton John and just put a depends on, and just rifle through it. But <laughs> does he really? Does this whole show? He puts it. He's done it since like the eighties, where he wears depends and does he, he just, rip. He rip. Like I don't know if I could just like be in the middle. Of I the can song. understand doing number one, but if you're dropping a number two, trying to sing Tiny Dancer, just I feel to... like that is like an ultimate. <laughs> Like just, you need to be you need to be knighted just for that. He's just halfway through Crocodile Rock, just <laughs> ripping shit. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, P. Man. Like you're like in the band, like yo, it smells like shit and sweat on the stage. And it probably would smell like that without it now, anyway. Even if he was maybe he is but... getting geriatric. Like this, um, this is his last tour, right? Or he finished it or whatever. So he says. They all come back though. They yeah. all well, look at kiss. They all come, yeah. <laughs> Kiss just extended their tour by like a year and a half. Motley Crew, Motley Crew, yeah. It ain't done. The only band I think's done, done, done is probably Slayer. I, I agree with that. Those guys hate each other, yeah, big time. I just think, yeah, they're just like go over it. Like, they'll play me. Like, I think we Carrie's obviously gonna, but Carrie. I think Tom Mariah's like just kind of over it, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of all to like his neck stuff because he got that neck surgery, like. It was. I'm honestly shocked they they didn't call it after Hanneman died. Yeah, and the fact that they put out like a record that I think is sick after that. I think Gary Holt was hoping. Gary Holt was like, "Dude, I want that Slayer check. Like, let's keep going." Yeah, he's so cool. I mean, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that's a, all right. So getting back into it, this would be a great question. At what point, if you were going to give someone a list of Carpenter films, Dan? And you were going to be someone's never seen. Let's say this. Let's let's take Halloween out of the equation. Let's say I've seen for someone's like, Dan, I need some guidance on John Carpenter. I've seen Halloween. If you were going to direct me to three other movies, one, what would they be? Two is body bags in that three. It's just all right. So... <laughs> Man. What a great question. I love taking Halloween out of the equation because everyone, everyone's going to put that in there. Yeah, of course. You know what? All right, so let me see here. Looking through the filmography. I just think, like I was saying, like, not to, I mean, I want you to answer what I'm saying. It's just so tough because there's, like, so many I'm saying your, like, your preference, though. It doesn't have to be, like, what you truly, what you think as a consensus overall that people would agree that you would have to see from his. If you're from your personal selections, choices, takes, if you were going to say, listen, I want to give you three movies. But now that you've seen Halloween, I would give you three movies that I think would be interesting to hit in points of his career. Or even if it's just my three films, or if you'd be like, I'd watch everything chronologically. So at that point, yeah. I would say, watch what, what comes after Halloween was Starman or was Starman will- before that. So, so let, let me ask, let me uh, counter with a question. Are we talking about what he's written or directed? Directed. Directed. Okay. All right. All right. So that narrows stuff down. All right. Without a shadow of a doubt, one that's getting thrown in there is They Live. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, thing, 
no doubt about it. And then you know what? If we're just talking directed, I I, I might just go. See, this, see I, I like I like I also what I also like about your question is that you're saying like all right I'm talking to someone that correct me if I'm wrong you said that like it's like someone that's like I need to be given knowledge on Carpenter right right introduce me to Carpenter without Halloween see I almost feel like do I throw in Ghosts of Mars or 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 body bags because it's like something later because I so I got the thing I got him covered in the 80s and then I got they live which is almost 90s but it's 98 it's you know there and then do I want to give them something else later and I I, I think it's a toss-up between body bags and uh ghosts of Mars and I know people are probably shaking their head. And I don't give a shit. It's my, like you said, it's my personal preference. And I also, I love Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, it's, it's, but that speaks to how prolific John Carpenter is. That speaks to like how he can do movies that like on the surface you would think would be kind of similar, but like think about how drastically different The Thing and They Live are. Or, oh. Or they live and body bags, or they live and assault in precinct thirteen. They live just, or Starman. Well, like said, it's, it's really hard, but really, I mean, what would you answer that question? Yeah, you, I want to hear. I want to hear from everyone else. You, you, you got. What would you? What about you, hey, Sean? Sean, hey. you got a voice there, man. Come on, I do have a voice. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this last, uh, as well. Like, do I throw in Christine as you know one of those three? Christine would be is another. Well, give us a three without Halloween. No Halloween. You got to give it three. I was thinking the thing, Christine. That was probably gonna go with they live. I do love a song Precinct thirteen though a lot. So yeah, it's a really hard loaded question. I mean, it's how do you yeah, if I was gonna say it, I would say Halloween's out of the equation. So I would say I think part of me wants to say the fog, but I think I would I would be like, no, you can get to the fog later. I don't think the fog is, while great, while amazing, while awesome, I don't think it's integral for you to get your hand. I want you to get your hands around Carpenter's discography, Carpenter's style, Carpenter's feel. I would go the thing. I would go the thing. Then I wouldn't. I would probably go They Live because I feel like They Live melds horror, science fiction, black comedy. Um, I think it melds like a Western, has a Western feel to it as well. I feel like that is six or seven genres all rolled into one with a backdrop of feeling John, what John Carpenter's kind of like just painted his 
I feel like that to me, that's the most John Carpenter movie there is because it has everything that he loves in it. There's aliens. There's, you know, there's a horror element to it. There's uh, social commentary, which Carpenter's always had some kind of social commentary. It's just it wasn't his focus. That's the thing. You can have a social commentary as the backdrop, as the background music, and not be like the sole fo- I mean, They Live is a little bit more in your face of a social commentary of consumerism. Reaganism. Uh, yeah. But even like, I mean, I feel like everything else is kind of, is still there. A social comedy commentary is still there in some aspect. I want to say, as much as I want to say Prince of Darkness too, I just feel like I could give someone that on a second tier. When After they come back, after I show them those three films, they say, okay, what's your next tier? My next tier then would probably be, uh, would probably be Assault and Precinct 13, The Fog, and Prince of Darkness. So my three that I would give them to get a total feel of John Carpenter would be The Thing, they live in body bags. Can't argue it. Yeah, can't argue it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, is there any real wrong answer? It was. It's just our personal preference of like how. That's wrong answer. Yeah, not the ward. Um, to no, get, I got some love for the ward. I like. <laughs> I like the ward. I think in my in my. I think we all watched that together too. Yeah. yeah. I think I just got like I was like fucking his stat was like new john carpenter film and i think in my mind i built it up to not live up to those expectations so like i was just like uh but at the same time like i mean it's carpenter carpenter's like pizza even even carpenter that isn't like the best new york slice you've ever had it's still carpenter it's still pizza it's still good delicious everyone loves yeah. it Come on. yeah hence hence going back to ghosts of mars yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. It's, it's it's it see that it, there really is no wrong answer. Well, there can be. And the only reason I say there can be regarding the way you, you phrase this question is like, you're, you want to introduce someone that, you know, aside from Halloween again, to the world of Carpenter. So if you're just going to say like the only really wrong to me, the only wrong answer is like, if you're just going like the fog, um, escape from New York and the thing. It's like, yeah, like, well, first of all, they're all pretty much back to back. And, and as different as they are, again, it's kind of like the same error. So it's like you're not getting a full, uh, you know, it, you're not getting a full dose of his career. Right. As much as a lot of people hate, you know, the, the mid 90s to 2000s Carpenter era, like, you should at least, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna dive in, you should at least see something. I, in my opinion, for this question, you should see something from like the '80s, the '90s, and like you know, late '90s or 2000. Yeah, that's that's just my opinion. But. You know, it's you know, it's actually interesting. Before I do want to touch on Toby uh, in a second here, but uh, before we head to that, and then we do our go home. Honestly, when you really think about it. John John Carpenter. I almost said John Carpenter, like he was Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, John John Carpenter. He, Speaking he, of which, is that is that a uh, original one sheet behind you? Not ori- not original, sadly. Uh, not still. 
But Bo- Bolo Young will be signing that. At I was just gonna ask. Oh yeah. Yo, that's all right. Not, not. We're not going there. Okay, go ahead. I'm also gonna get this Stone Cold poster signed by Craig R. Baxley, the director of Stone Cold, too. There. Um, but I digress. Um, with Carpenter, Carpenter's known so much for Halloween, the ultimate slasher film. Did he do a slasher outside of the gas station? A true slasher. What was his other slasher movies? Wow. No, and the answer is zero. Yeah, really no. Like so he's done two slasher, a uh, full-length movie, and a segment in the Body Bags anthology. That was his only return. Someone who is re- the, regarded as the greatest slasher movie uh, of all time, he never returned to the sl- doing a slasher until the gas station. And, and, and like he wrote Halloween two right right so so but again we're talking about directing here directing that is crazy to think that like it never crosses your mind never never wow very cool it's wild very cool man so then if you say so then does that not make a case that you need to include body bags in your three films that you would present to somebody because it is the only additional slasher film that he has ever done you know what? Fuck it. We have the same answer, I think. The thing, they live and... and it's and gotta be. It, does, it. This not, does this not make a case for whatever your carpenter rankings up that Body Bags is possibly getting bumped up a position or two considering it's his only return to the slasher genre and when you talk about all those I mean, perfect that's, notes yeah, that's and it, what if someone watches Halloween and they're like, I'm not really into as much as the science, science fiction shit but I did like the slasher thing. Could that could that snub someone's John Carpenter interest right there? Be like, well, I like his slasher stuff, and I didn't really see any slasher yeah, stuff. And I'm not a that, fan of hair. Yeah. Hair was more, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's interesting to think about. And it gets people, it gets the movie out there, and hopefully, it gets more love. Yeah, I, I can't believe it actually has a six point one rating on IMDb. I am absolutely shocked at that. Yeah, shocked. Because you got fucking Tony Collette and everyone else like, going out there and rating these things bad. I guarantee she went there. If she ever saw Body Bags, she's the kind of person that would go to IMDb and give it a four. Oh, I, I don't know if you understood. I was saying I can't believe it's that high on IMDb. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I understand it being like lower because there's movies that we all love. That you're like, how is I that mean, so low? Six, but like six IMDB is like shocking. People fucking rip everything apart. So. I think Pet Cemetery has like a Pet Cemetery 2 has like a 2.9 or something. Oh <laughs> that's that's criminal, man. That's criminal. But anyway, yeah. But so I guess as as we're heading towards the end of this, but Toby Hooper, same question posed to Toby. Oh. Toby, obviously a much smaller filmography. But when you've done what Toby's done, you don't need a huge filmography because he came in and made his mark on such, on a smaller resume. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can, I mean, so we, we could. We take that out, right? Is that the one we take out? We take it out. You got to take that one out. To so take that out, I would hit him with Poltergeist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and. 
I don't know if I would go body bags for his third one. Maybe eaten alive. I, I you know what? Uh, I'm gonna uh, well, not really cheap, but I want everyone else to go first because this is tough. We're taking this, out. We're this might. This actually is harder than. Oh yeah, this is harder is, than Carpenter. I mean, yeah. I would obviously go. T, you know, T2 there, not, to, no, not Terminator, Terminator, Terminator 2. The other T2. I would definitely go Poltergeist, but I don't know. Third would be tough. I guess I, you know, I don't even know. It is tough. The Mangler? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sean. But, oh, Funhouse. That's what... I, I think I, those would be my three. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Poltergeist, Funhouse. I don't no, that'll probably be my three as well because I'm going through his list right now. Toby likes the way to his just you know his as much as I is not as much as I love Funhouse, I'd probably do Eaten Alive still. Yeah. I think Brian tried to show me that once. I didn't pay attention to it. That was a great one. <laughs> yeah, obviously a much shorter filmography compared to Carpenter. Carpenter, more the most prolific out of the big four. Yeah, well, yeah, I would say for sure, just because of his, yeah. His output was a, a lot heftier. I mean, Wes still, I mean, Wes is pretty. I guess you could say Wes, uh, yeah. Wes just with the commercial screams. I mean, you know, everyone in Elm Street and then the really commercial, you know, scream at the one that came out and kind of what it, what might came out well. it. Yeah. Like, might as well do Wes Craven too. <laughs> Yeah, if we're going Wes, but do you take out if you say Wes though? Do you take out Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think you could do that. Like you can't really. Because honestly, at this point, and I know maybe maybe it sounds sacrilegious to say, I think Scream is probably at the level of the first Nightmare on Elm Street. After all this that's happened over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. I would go if we're doing Wes. I'm going people under the stairs. You're do, you're leaving out what all nightmare like you're leaving no, out not, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. But like this, but like new, like new so nightmare, hypoth- like so hi- two, it's like any so, of those two so, or just no, 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 just the original ones. So we're saying like the person that you're saying is so someone's already seen Nightmare on Elm Street and they've seen Scream. So you need to recommend three other Wes Craven films. So you know what I would do? I would include no other screams, even though I do like all the screams. If I do, yeah, I'm going to leave all the screams out. I would throw in, I'd do People Under the Stairs. I would do Last House on the Left. And I would do New Nightmare. Because I think that that would be fun for someone to see Nightmare on Elm Street, and then immediately not see the sequels and then have it built up in their mind that Freddy became this whole thing and then just saw a new Nightmare, the meta movie. I would do that. I'd do people under, I'd do Last House on the Left, uh, People Under Stairs, and New Nightmare. Okay. I would do, I mean... New, I mean, if we're going to throw a new nightmare in it, and I kind of thought it'd be cool to keep it out, but new nightmare, Hills of Eyes, Swamp Thing, <laughs> uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, Vampire in people Brooklyn. under the stairs, probably. Part of me wants to throw, I'm get a lot of laughs, but I loved my solo take. I thought it was, really I, cool. yeah, 
You know what? That one, I think. If we're keeping all the screams out, if I threw New Nightmare out because they're not doing that too, then I would put my soul to take it if I was keeping that out. Aside from George, who obviously returned and did a few more dead movies, Wes is the only one that like did something in 2010 post that was original. Like without continuing on with a story. I mean, he obviously did Scream 4. Yeah. But for him to put out something that he directed that was like an original idea like that with my soul to take, that's interesting too. I might throw my soul to nah, I'm not gonna, but I, I, thought it was, I do like I my soul to take. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. What are your <laughs> thoughts on my soul to take? Still have yet to see it. Dude, watch I'm it because I'm to. I'm really interested to hear what you had you what your thoughts are. I, I'd say overall, that has been sitting. I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, I'll go see it. And I don't know what happened. And then all these years pass. When they come out, 2009? 2010. Yeah. 2010. And I was like, wow, this is weird. He's getting like another, like one of the, you know, the Fab Four is getting another chance in, right. in major theaters. And yeah, so it, it, you know, some of these films just fall under your radar and you forget, you know, I might just put that on after this, after I watch the uh, David Warner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> photos. photos. Um, I, I think overall the film didn't get a lot of love, right? Like it, I I know I saw it in theaters, but I don't yeah, think like no, nah, it didn't saw, do it didn't do well. Yeah, when I saw it in theaters, it was legit just Brian and I. Yeah, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw you guys. I think you bought it on DVD the day it came out, and on a Tuesday night because that's when movies come out, we watched the DVD at your place. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I liked it, but. I trust I mean, your guys' judgment, man, because we're all on the same page here, pretty much. So yeah, I, that makes me stoked. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I mean, it's obviously a little more modern because it is a 2010 film, but it was. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. It, it's cool that West takes another like you know, it's in the same vein as like what Scream was. That was the last. Like, that in Scream Four, the last two signing circuits that he did too. Because he would only sign when he did had something to promote. He would never just like willingly sign, like go to conventions. I didn't know that. He always had to have something to promote. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, I mean, as we're rolling down here, we got five years in bullshitting. And if this is this is the most heart god media type thing there was, the tangents, the discussions, (laughs) to I mean, maybe. I mean, we could. I mean, we t- we talk. You know, all of our guys that we revere: George, Wes, Toby, Carp. I mean, look at. We just went on for almost two hours just talking about this, just because like this is it's so ingrained in the people that we are. It's endless conversations where we literally have revelations that John Carpenter never did another true slasher movie outside of Halloween and the segment of the gas station in Body Bags. That's crazy to think. And I love the, the, that, that question, the hypothetical question for all three of those directors is great, man. And then, I mean, would jo- we could do, maybe we'll do a whole separate segment this fall where we do that with George and we'll dive in and we'll take the entire dead series out of the question. That's a great idea. Yes. So maybe we'll do a whole episode. Because, that, because yeah, like you could easily like just be like, all right, who wouldn't throw in Dawn? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're either going to throw in night, dawn, or day. Yeah. 
So you take all the dead films out, or maybe you just take the top three dead films out. I say I like the idea of just all the dead films being completely all the dead films. That's what people talk about. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's great. Well, Dan, I'm so stoked that you uh, got here and chat. We need to do more of this. I we need to get you on more because this is great. Like this is this is what I want right here. This conversation that we just had. No, man, I appreciate it. I, 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 I miss having these conversations, period, because I'm, you know, uh, um, I'm in a, I'm in a locale, especially, you know, uh, well, I mean, there, there's some locals in my area that, that are our fans, but getting to talk, talk for this many hours is, is a treat, man. Especially, oh. especially with guys like you, you know, like, you know, people I don't, I don't see every day and, uh, you know, I would totally be hanging out with uh, if we were, weren't like uh, four, yeah, we were, five hours away. Four, five hours away, exactly. It's always it's, in November, right? Yeah, we'll be seeing you at Oaks, though. Oaks and and uh, Chiller and Chiller. We're I, I'm oh. definitely coming through Chiller. I don't know if I don't know if he is, but well, I'm we'll definitely coming try. through Chiller for sure. Cool, because Chiller would be great too. Because like I don't I don't vend at that, so let's 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 make a, a whole thing of it. Get lunch and dude, hell thing. yeah. That creep show reunion is insane. I know, right? Chiller like, always gets like just guests that you never see anywhere else, too. That's what I love. Yeah. Love about Chiller. I mean, they, they just announced the Jeffersons reunion. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> They're the only con that I've seen anywhere that's gotten Bolo Young either. So yeah, I I just I just uh again, uh, yeah, yeah, you could edit this however you want, but when they announced that I'm assuming you guys are all on the Canon appreciation society, Facebook page or. Oh no, I'm, I'm completely out of Facebook. Yeah, but I'm out of Facebook. That's amazing. Uh, that sounds that's, amazing. That's smart. Um, I went on, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty solid big group. And I just figured, you know, let me let all the rest of the fans know about this in case, you know, they want to travel. And it was insane the reaction I, I just copied and pasted you know just to let right. everyone know and it was crazy the reaction like i that's awesome dude i think there's gonna be a crazy line for him man a crazy line for him. i think so yeah i'll be getting there early then and oh yeah out. it's probably one of those things too where he probably would be happy to do any con but who knows how many people who well, who's, who's, who's asking yeah. him yeah exactly i am i said i guess seriously I say we get on Hagen right now to get Hamill to do a body bags 30th anniversary. I wish he was open to like hearing people out for, I know he's good. There's like an email address you can email, but I wish. Yeah. I mean, I've emailed that before too. And I know it's just going in the friggin' mustard spam folder. Like, <laughs> well, I heard, I heard. I, so before I had to take my pee break, uh, I heard you guys saying it. I'm pretty sure. And you guys will back me up on this. Robert Carradine does. Do some cons. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I've seen him do something. He did some. I swear. Did he, he do did a something. chiller? He did. I swear he, he was might on. be right with the Revenge of the Nerds. I'm pretty Revenge sure. And I feel Not like he was almost at a Texas Frightmare. I could be wrong. Texas Frightmare sounds really familiar too. It could have been. He definitely does cons though. I feel like he was at. Wasn't he? Didn't he do something that we were at? Though? I feel I like we maybe did, was he at maybe that. That Maryland Monster Mania? I don't know. I don't know. 
Regardless, uh, as we're coming to an end here, we're five years in, and what better way to talk some of our favorite horror directors, talk Wes and Toby and Carp and horror movies and just get on tangents and give lists, and that's all we've done, and that's all we want to do, and we're just doing it and talking with friends that we've met through this podcast, Dan. Obviously, we we we, we link up at every con, and we're constantly, yeah. you know, talking on uh talking on uh the internet but uh but yeah man i'm i'm pumped for chiller like i said this has been awesome to fucking have you on and just bullshit because like you said you know people you don't see every day but if you could we'd we'd be we'd be uh, bullshitting every day I'd, about be in, shit. I'd be in your basement right now yeah exactly 100 <laughs> without a doubt but you can follow dan at inked up uh merchandise on instagram on twitter uh it's inked up merchandise.com correct it's inked up merch.com inked up merch.com uh he's got a whole etsy store you can buy fucking the sickest embroidered hats this side of the mississippi (laughs) our homie's got patches he's got everything under the sun and it's high quality shit because he's no he knows what he's doing and you need to support people that are doing good shit and dan does some of the best shit and when you go to a horror convention and you see embroid- these sick embroidered hats, nine times out of ten, it's an inked up merch job. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Such yeah. good, such good shit. Honestly, such good products. We all. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, Thank you for hey. having me. Celebrating five years, man. Hell yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, go follow Dan on. Uh, on socials you can follow us on socials at hard guy media on instagram and twitter you can follow us follow the podcast on spotify uh apple podcasts uh cast box or whatever the hell those other like third tier um body bag level um podcast <laughs> streaming sites are <laughs> but uh this has been sick and happy five years and uh creep show next episode creep show so part two of the five-year anniversary coming up oh yeah